0: There's a point where you move from man's logic and man's wisdom into God's faith.
1: And now for Innocent Sacrifice, Part 2.
0: Amen, amen, amen. I want to, first of all, thank you all for putting up with me. (laughs) I am not, by any stretch of the imagination, typical. And some of the things I have said has upset folk. I think back a few years ago, in the midst of the election. And I told you who God had told me to vote for. And then God says, tell them. <laughs> Lord, I do not want to say that. I do not want to sit up there or stand up there in the pulpit and tell black folk, you've told me, and I'm going to follow what you told me to do, that you have told me to vote for Donald J. Trump. I did not want to say that. My brother, Bishop Dale, went to meet with Trump at the White House, he and several other black pastors, and it upset a lot of folk. A lot of folk left his church, and they haven't been back. Now, Dale is one of the most sainted people I know. I've been with him. I'm his oldest brother, so I've known him all his life. I've known the purity of the life he's lived. No scandal. He lives fairly modestly. He could make a lot more money. He's turned down stuff that I'm aware of. and lived about as clean a life as you can get. But folk left his church because he went to see Trump. And they ain't been back. About as pure a preacher, and no man is perfect, but about as pure a preacher as I know. And they left his church and haven't been back, all because he went to meet with Trump. And he went to meet with Trump because Trump was signing the prison reform bill, which was bringing justice to a whole lot of black folk. They didn't care. They had so much dislike for the man and I don't know where they went but I'm pretty sure they didn't go anywhere with a better preacher. Thank goodness they didn't come here because they sure would have had an issue with me. (laughs) And last month, Bishop Dale paid off his church, paid off the epicenter And that was $70 million worth of stuff. And he has no bills on, no mortgage on. He's done. <laughs> so there's not a better example of family, a better example of financial godly stewardship. But he went to see a man that folk didn't agree with. And they left and never returned. So I thank those of you who bore with me through that because mine was worse than his because I told y'all that's who he told me to vote for and that's who I was going to vote for and I don't know whether anybody left or not. If they have, I ain't missed them. (laughs) So I don't know but I understand why Jesus said he told the preachers or rather the scribes and the Pharisees You've killed the prophets before me. He wasn't talking to the atheists. He wasn't talking to the world. He was talking to the folk in the church. He was talking to the leadership in the church. He said, you've killed the prophets before me. Because they said some stuff y'all just didn't like. So y'all just killed them. So I had to preface stuff. You all know that I'm not on salary. I've never been on salary. I don't take a love offering. But God takes real good care of me financially. I have a company that Pastor James and I started years ago. And our biggest product in the company, God gave. Back in 06, he said, I want you to do a three-night seminar on health. And I want you to charge $29.95 for it. We'd never charge for any event in the church ever. So first of all, I had to do a three-night seminar on health, and I had to charge for it. But out of that came a product, because as we were getting ready to do it, James and I discussed it, and it's a long story. I won't get. But anyway, the product came out of it. The product that came out of that was the cleaner. The cleaner is the number one detox in health food stores. If you go into GNC, and if you look around GNC stores. They don't have many products that are not GNC branded. 95% of all of the products in GNC is on brand. But they got one brand in there that they don't make. That brand is the cleaner. If you go in Vitamin Shop, Vitamin Shop got seven, 800 stores all over the country. If you go in Vitamin shop and you look at the products on their shelf, there's one product that has a bigger display than any. Product vitamin shop has in their shop including their own product that product is the cleaner when our national sales rep went and met with them they said we done tried to knock y'all off two or three times cause your product is selling so well and, and when all of our other products were down double digit y'all the only company is up and he leaned over his desk and he asked me so what are y'all doing I don't see you advertising. I can't understand it. Why? All these big national companies, and they're down. And what he didn't say, y'all black. What are y'all doing? He did not understand the blessing and the force that was behind the company. He didn't understand that wasn't us. And sometimes you have to go through and you have to live. So when I follow what God tells me to do, I understand who pays me. I understand where my material blessing comes from. Not just even counting my heavenly blessing. I understand where my material blessing comes from. I understand that without his blessing, without his insight, if he had never told me to do that seminar, we would have never had the cleaner, which is our largest product by far. I'm kind of sleepy right now because I've been out at the plant. I got there at 7 o'clock last night and didn't leave until about 7 o'clock this morning. We're launching or relaunching rather a new product, and I had to be there to go through the first phase of manufacturing and development with it. So I'm tired this morning, but, but God just breathed some stuff. I was sitting in an airport in Florida. I was flying on one of them cheap airlines, and they had canceled the flight. So I was sitting up there waiting. I had to get on Delta, and God says, don't take the next flight. Take the one after that. So I'm waiting there for three hours. Open my notebook and start working on the formula. And he just began to speak. And he said, "If I breathe on this formula and make this product take off, you got to promise me you won't fly on these cheap airlines anymore." <laughs> Sometimes God has some strange stuff. Got some strange stuff. I said, "Lord, you make it. You make it fly. I promise you, I won't fly on these cheap airlines anymore." Sometimes, you know, God has to elevate us and he has to struggle with taking us to levels beyond where we want to go. I recently had to make declarations on the five things that God promised. And the vast majority of them have been confirmed through multiple external prophetic sources. But I just didn't want to fool with it. And I understand, I understand why the prophets got tired and why they just ran away and I understand why Jesus said, if you can take this stuff from me, do it. I don't want to deal with this. I understand that. And there's been so much stuff that God has promised that I'm just comfortable where I am. I'm satisfied. And that's a lot. I'm not that interested in doing all this stuff. It just, this is a headache. But he's blessed me so much. And I realized that I had to make a point. Look, you're either going to do what God has for you or not. Even when it is uncomfortable, but you got to trust him with some stuff. So I had to begin my preliminary on the message today because today is part two of last week. Last week was entitled Innocent Sacrifices and it was about abortion. Today is part two. And I don't plan on preaching on this beyond today, so it's not a series. It's just two parts. But he spoke, and he said, I want you to do a part two of last week. He told me three things. I want you to do a part two. Don't be concerned about what the folk think. And number three, it may save a life. So I had to preface this because I know it's a touchy subject. It really is. It's emotional. It's charged. It's got all these pros and cons on both sides and all this reason and all this argument. It is almost the number one divisive political thing in in political races, and it's just, um, it's an issue. And when God wanted me to continue with part two, it's kind of like there's some things I'd just rather not fool with, and most churches won't touch it. It impacts their congregation tremendously but they won't touch it. Why? Well, because they know it's divided. So anytime you deal with a divided subject, you're gonna have half the folk gonna hate you for it because half believe one way and half believe the other way. You can't please everybody with it. So even if you can please everybody, you need to focus on pleasing God because that's who you're gonna have to answer to in the end. And even right now, and it is God who controls your stuff it is God who blesses and curses, is God. So today is part two of innocent sacrifice. And part one, I, I, I talked about it. It's from the 12th chapter of Revelation. And the prime image is here is this woman in travail and pain as she is about to give birth. And there is Satan standing in front of her, waiting to devour the child. And it says that his tail swept a third of the stars out of heaven. And when you go and study abortion statistics, at one point in the not-too-distant past, up to 36 percent of all the pregnancies were being terminated with abortion. A third of the stars were being swept out of the sky. And this boy is good. Satan is good. He is the best deceiver and he's subtle. That's what he said about him in the garden. He's the most, he does, he's the most subtle of all the creatures. What, what does subtle truly mean? Subtle means you're doing stuff and folks don't even realize you're doing stuff. That's what subtle means. It's not overt. It's subtle. It's behind the scenes. It's, it's influencing. You don't even know it's influencing you. And I want to thank all of the mothers who chose to have the child. I want to thank Jalen. Jalen is the mother of our grandchild, Noah. Christian is the father. They're not married. You all know that, so I ain't telling you nothing new. See, everybody got to deal with stuff. And she sung the last song right before I came up, and she got kind of emotional. She didn't know what I was going to talk about. But as I left the house today, my wife was babysitting Noah. He's brought more joy into her life than anything I've ever seen. But I know there was a point where that decision was hanging And God says simply even if the folk don't like it preach it because it may save a life. And we don't see through God's eyes. We only see through man's eyes and man's eyes are generally clouded by the stuff the deceiver has placed over your eyes. And it's deep and it's twisty. And the stuff the world gives you Let me give you an example. When you look at just black folk, I'm talking to black folk today. We got all different races that watch us, but I'm talking to black folk today. We got all in a tizzy with George Floyd. I mean, just the country. It wasn't just the country. It tore up the world. And it was a righteous indignation. I'm not minimizing it. It was a righteous indignation because here... On television and on social media, all over the world, here they're showing these police choking this man until he died. Same thing happened with Rodney King. All over the world, this video, these police beating Rodney King. I remember Dick Gregory talking about Rodney King. He wasn't here with George Floyd, but he was here with Rodney King. He said, folks don't know what was behind that. How did they happen to catch that on video when cell phones weren't out or big? And then why did they play it everywhere? And what folk don't know, the riots and the burnings went in a straight line. They went in a straight line right in the direction of the new transit system they wanted to put there. He said, it wasn't black folk who set them fires. Sometimes that's why it's subtle. And we don't understand. We don't own social media. We don't own the television stations. But it was everywhere. And the power structure chooses what they put out. Social media has algorithms that can either promote or squish whatever they want. So why did they push this so, so hard? Because they knew it was going to upset they know it will distract. And, and let me just give you the stats. Now, I am not justifying police brutality in the least bit. I got four black sons. So I'm not justifying this in the least bit because it's a prejudiced world. I know that. And there's no denying that, period. The U.S. is prejudiced. It has been, still is. You got a lot of good. For, and My daddy was a segregationist. He was. He said you ought to put all the good white folk together and the good black folk together and you ought to put all the bad white folk together and the bad black folk together. But he didn't segregate on race. So this country still has embedded almost in its very fabric some stuff that's just not good. And without question, there is a disproportionate amount of police brutality against people of color, without question. And I don't really have a problem with the police being brutal, I got a problem with them being unjustly brutal. You are gonna be brutal, be brutal on everybody. But don't just be brutal on people of color. That's the issue that really the black lives matter and even that when you study who was behind it, whole different story. Let me get to my point. Last year, approximately, well, not approximately, based on the stats, 1,201 people were killed by police. Right at 100 a month were killed by police. Out of that number, 26% of them were black. We're 12% of the population. So the, the disproportionate amount of black people killed, predominantly black males, but a few females, but mostly black males. The disproportionate number of blacks killed versus white is partially due to racism and it's partially due to we commit more street crimes. You know, it's not that we more criminal. Our crimes are just more street crimes. We got to rob the bank. We ain't got the key or a combination, way more. I used to be on a bank board. of all the money that banks lose, it ain't from robberies, it's internal. The folk got the key. Folk who working on the computer, folk who got the books, that's why 95% of bank losses from crime occurs. It's internal. But all you're going to see is the man who come in there with a little Saturday night special gun and you think he the main problem. No, 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 no. When you look at what the process, all these big folk who don't stole all these billions of dollars. And and I remember when the fellow who was former president of NASDAQ He had this pyramid scheme, stole all these billions of dollars. And then they had a black man because he had slapped his woman as the number one villain. I said, What in the world? How did folks get all this stuff twisted? Partly because we don't own the news channel, we don't tell the story. We're told the story, and that story often is not for our benefit. So we got roughly 250. Black men a year killed by police. Now, out of that 250 most of them justified because we got some rough folk out there. You got some folk out there will shoot you in a heartbeat just to get $20. We got some rough folk out there but you still have a much larger percentage of unjustified killings because of the color of your skin. So I would say out of those 250, 80% of them are justified. 90% of them, they got a weapon. So 80% of them things justified, 20% question. So you probably got 50 black men a year who are killed by police unjustified, one a week. That's one too many. I'm not minimizing it, but you got 50 black men a year killed by police, unjustified, one a week. Now, this is the main point. 50 a year, unjustifiably killed by police. And it's these 50 that were out in the street, marching on, protesting. And I'm not saying that you should I'm just simply saying, you ought to know the whole picture. Police kill 50... That same period, for that same year, Mama killed 164,000. Roughly 3,000 for every one the police killed. And the church don't mention it. And we don't talk about it. There is a racial disparity among police. But there is a racial disparity among mama. And usually with the mama, the daddy behind it, he tied in that too. Black women have abortions at the rate. And this is something the vast majority you do not know. Black women, and I'm not going to use the word, I'm going to use the truth of what it is unfiltered. See, that's the subtleness of That's how they twisted up pro-choice and pro-life. It was abortion and anti-abortion, but they brought the marketing people in. They said, how can we slick this thing up so it don't sound like what it is? So now it becomes pro-choice. It ain't pro-choice, it's killing a baby. Now, that's what it is. Now, how you phrase it, that's marketing. But what it is, is killing a baby. So here, black women kill babies five times more than white women. We have abortions five times more than white women. Now, there's a lot of socioeconomic reasons why, but that's the bottom line. Nobody's in the street. Nobody's talking. Nobody's dealing with that but with George Floyd and Trayvon Martin and all we got that all over social media but every one of you all know multiple folk none of you hardly know anybody personally that the police have unjustifiably killed not personally just like I don't know anybody personally who died in an airplane crash not personally I know people die in an airplane crash but I don't know anybody I don't know anybody personally that the police have killed But I know plenty who have made the choice to kill a child. Simple as that. The stats are disturbing when you know them. So why do we, and we're more religious, why do we kill babies five times more? Why? How many of y'all knew that stat? Raise your hand. If you knew black women kill babies five times more than white women, raise your hand. Anybody know it? There's not a single hand up. Why don't you know this? Why? Because the deceiver didn't want you to know it. He wants you to think you got a choice. It, people, that's a, that's a deception. You can influence choice by how you market and what you put around, folks. That's why when you go in the black neighborhood, you see all these billboards about malt liquor. You go in the white neighborhood, no malt liquor billboards, no cigarette billboards. Why is it so much in our community? So now we will drink more strong, destructive stuff. We will smoke more stuff. And we think we got a choice. Now you are seeing it every day. So when they put the abortion centers in the middle of black communities, you make it easy, you make it available, and you make it free. And you think you got a choice. You're being influenced. We talk about social media now and how, you know, the influencers. No, the biggest influencers are not social media folk. It's power structure who made a decision. How do we kill these blanks? How do we kill them? Well, first of all, let's distract them. See, that's the first thing, you distract them. So let's give them something, they're going to get all upset, let's blast it. And we don't own any of those channels. We don't own social media, and we don't own television. We don't even own many radio stations anymore. We own a little print. But all the stuff we look at, we don't own it. So how do we, first of all, distract them? And you distract them by giving them something that you know will upset them and then it pulls all the attention away and you focus on the 50 and you don't focus on the 5,000 and this is how Satan has always mastered man from the beginning when he talked to Eve in the garden he said did God really say this did God really say I couldn't kill my baby did he really say that did God really say this? If you do this, this is what you're going to have. If you do this, you'll be like God. You got the power. You'll have the wisdom. You'll be like God. If you do this, you're going to save money. You won't have to deal with the hassle. <laughs> Babies are a hassle. All the folk who know that, raise your hand. Yeah, they take work. They take work, they take money, they take energy. I remember when we first, you know, had our first child. I come home, my wife, you just she crying. <laughs> this baby, who's that baby from? I'm up all night long. Babies are a hassle. So Satan whispers, let me make it easy for you. If you do this, but this is what you have. And the third thing he said, I'm in the garden. If you do this, if you listen to me, you won't die. You won't die. Yeah, God told you you're going to die. But listen to me and do what I tell you. You won't die. It ain't killing. That ain't killing. He has not changed his techniques. He's only changed his technology. The same. And he fooled man Then or one man then which is both and he's fooling us now he's just more effective now he's good and don't you dare think he's not he's good that's why he's always had more folk he's good so you're dealing with a power and you're dealing with a principality of powers who's wise who's got unlimited money and whose purpose is to kill, to steal, and destroy. And it gives you distractions. Well, what about rape and incest? What about when it's a medical condition? That's 2%. And he'll get you focused on the two. And to be honest, people, some of those choices are difficult. I'm going to just be open with you. When our youngest son, George, my wife was 38, 39 when George was born. And generally, if a woman is over 35, they consider it what's called a high-risk pregnancy because once you get past 35, you know, your body ain't the same. How many of y'all know your body ain't the same once you get past 30? Yeah, the body just ain't just different. It's just like I worked all last night and I got very little sleep. When I was young, that wouldn't have bothered me at all. I'm coming down, my head hurts, my eyes, I can't handle what I used to. It ain't the same. 27 is not the same as 67. It is not. Stuff ain't the same. So when you get older, and childbirth is as close as a woman will ever come to death. It is statistically dangerous. Dangerous. So my wife with George was older. And the doctor wanted to do an amniocentesis. And I studied up on it. And said, We're not doing that. And the doctor said, But if you don't do this. We can't tell whether the child may be defective or not. I said, well, I've studied the stats on the amniocentesis, and the procedure is riskier than the result. So I so said, no, we're just not doing that. Now the question is this. Suppose it had come back, and I'd allowed my wife to have the amniocentesis, and it had come back that the child was going to be severely defective. Pastor, what would you have done? This is an open book. I'm telling you the truth. I wouldn't have wanted to have a child. Because I know what kind of problem that would be. You gonna tell the, yep. I'm an open book with this thing. So I understand. I understand when you're young, when it's future, when you got school, when you got financial. I understand. Trust me, I do. But there's a point where you move from man's logic and man's wisdom into God's faith. And they're not the same. They're not the same. They're not the same. And walking in man's wisdom, I wouldn't have voted for Trump. But I will tell you what Trump did. He changed the Supreme Court to mainly conservative justices. And he's the only president that has made a change in the abortion law. Now, this is what happened with that. And a lot of folk don't like it. I understand that. And I'm going to tell you the result of it. Because of that change in that law, in certain states making it more difficult or almost impossible... There has been a reduction of abortions of approximately 2,000 or so a week. A week. A week. A week. A week. week. Which is estimated 100,000 a year of babies that'll be born because now I know that's a controversial thing but see God don't look at what you look at but the man got all this mess I don't know that a lot of them got mess you just don't know about it the only president I believe was faithful to his wife was Jimmy Carter the only one I put any money on the only one so Trump got a lot of lot of mess ain't no question about that but a lot of us got a little bit of mess ourselves. Just don't know about it. And you ain't told anybody about it, and you ain't gonna tell them. All of our righteousness is a filthy rags in the nostrils of God. God looks at the big picture, and out of them two thousand babies a week who now won't be killed, who knows who's coming out of that? Who knows? I don't. God does. And he may have had to put this man in there for that one thing. I don't know. I don't know the answer to it. I just know. And trust me, I tried to find any prophetic source that didn't say the same thing. I couldn't find not one prophet, nowhere, no color, who didn't say God told him to vote for Trump. Not one. And I looked hard. I couldn't find one. So he was... Universal about it. I know folk didn't like it, but he was universal about it. And see, The main thing that people are concerned about is the economy, money. And God ain't concerned about money. He's concerned about life and your life. He can handle money. He can take money up to the limit. And I think even with this church, see, Elijah announced that we're serving the Long Liberty after service, and I remember when I made the announcement that we were gonna have it, we had several people contact us from other states wanting to know if they could buy the tea. And I said, No, we ain't planning on selling the tea, but then after so many people started contacting and I didn't even talk about it that much. not if I wanted to buy the tea, I said, See a we may need to look at selling that tea. So actually, actually for next year we are gonna test it and look at it, and just like God brought the cleaner he might be bringing long liberty because he did say he said the next major boom of the financial increase of this church is going to be a continual stream it may be a stream of tea, it may be a literal stream I can't figure God but I don't worry about it I just worry about me trying to do what God has told me to do because all of us often want to take the easy path out. I don't want all that stuff God has told me. I don't want all them. I just don't. I just don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want no big old church. I just don't. Because that's a lot of headache and hassle. But it'll save a lot of people. It'll reach. It'll change. So I got to start gearing my mind, Lord, if I get in true submission and true obedience. See, I got the same struggles you do. It ain't like I just just so easy for me. I got a lot of stuff God has told me to do. I don't want to do. How many of y'all got stuff God has told you to do? You don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. But I got to give my minds, Lord, everything I've done that you've told me to do, and when I'm able to understand some of the stuff I'll never understand, but when I'm able to understand it, it becomes clear. This is why you told me to do that. Even if it was painful, even if it was a struggle, even if it looked like I was going to lose, this is why you told me to do that. So today, part two, innocent sacrifice. And God says in six months, it'll affect a decision and it may save a life. Now, it may make half y'all mad. And understand this, this is not a condemnation for anything you've done in the past. That's gone. All of us have messed up in the past. All of us have. We've done one thing, one another. All of us got stuff in our past that if we could do it over, we'd do it differently. This is not dealing with anybody of anything you've done in the past. This is for the future. God said this will affect a decision. And I don't know. We got an email from somebody in England this morning. This could be somebody not even in America. That in six months it will affect a decision It'll save a life. You will never know about it. And you may never understand it. But God does. I just got to be obedient because I'm just scared not to preach it. He done told me to preach it. And that, that life, that blood will be on my hands. I got enough on my hand. I don't need nothing else. I just don't. I got enough of my own stuff. I don't need anything else. So I hope you take it in the spirit that God is trying to deliver this. He's not Listen. Jesus' whole purpose was to wash our sins clean. And some of you, the decision that you may have made had to make years ago, that thing may have, you know, this is for the future. I'm not casting anything about the past. This is for the future. Because you can't change that which you've already done. The only thing you can change is from this point right now forward. That's all. And we had a testimony Last week, Brenda hopped up. She said, I just got to get this testimony. She said, my daughter was pregnant, and the man was gone, and she came to me, and I told her to have an abortion. And she said, the next day, I went into my prayer closet, and she said, my prayer closet literally started shaking. And I had to call my daughter back and tell her, don't don't have that abortion. And that's why she cut her testimony off. I asked her after service, I said, well, what happened? You just told me you told her nothing. What happened? She said, well, pastor, she had the baby. The man came back. They still together. And they got two more babies. That's what happened. So all of them don't turn out like that. And the main advice I'd give you is this. Same thing my mama told me. Don't sleep with anybody you don't want to have your child. Simple as that. See, you got to cut some of this stuff off in the front so you won't have to deal with it in the rear. You understand? It's very simple advice. Because sometimes you can't tell folk, you know, just go but just don't do nothing. Because they ain't going to do it. If they were going to do it, they'd already be doing it. Like the man who was in and I'm talking with him, and he said, yeah, I don't believe in fornication. I don't believe in having any female sex. I just don't believe in that. But that don't mean I don't do that, though. <laughs> so, 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 so I understand. <laughs> I understand what you don't believe in. So at least use something. And this is what my mama told me, because at the point, I wouldn't not, she said, look, son, if you ain't going to do it, and you ain't going to follow fully and be totally pure at least don't you fool with anybody you don't want to have your child so that's the second level if you won't do the first level then do the second level don't fool with anybody and you about know you know and that's for men and women you know you know good and well I don't want this woman with my baby cause if this woman got my baby I'm gonna have a lot of baby mama drama you know that and you know that up front don't fool with that woman You know that up front. Ladies, you know. This man ain't going to poke me. I'm going to be struggling out here by myself. You know that. You already
2: got five other kids. You know that.
0: So if you're not going to be pure, at least be smart. Don't be dumb and impure. At least be smart. So get you somebody at least going to, where you can say, look, I would not mind this. If I do, I ain't going to mind him being the baby's daddy. Hang on, mind her being the baby's mama. At least do that. And that'll make a world of difference. Because you know this the Before you get in for. You know it. You know it. We had a member who went to visit. Another member just had a baby. And I asked, well, where's the father at? He got a restraining order on him. You knew that rascal wasn't no good for you. Fool with him. You knew that. So this is what I'm saying. If you're not going to be pure, at least be smart. Save yourself a whole lot of headache and hassle and all this stuff. At least be smart. God also spoke today. He said, allow for testimonies today. Now, I don't know whether anybody got a testimony or not, but I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to allow for testimonies. I was going to get to see Elijah to say this, but I'm just going to just go ahead and say it. So basically, I'm finished. But it's just like Brenda on last week, and some of you may have a testimony, and I don't know what your testimony is, and, and please don't judge anybody, because all of us got stuff in the closet. Some of us got one of them big old closets. And that's just the reality of it. None of us can live up to Jesus, but we can try. And today is just a part of a message. that's going to affect a decision somewhere six months from now. So if anybody got a testimony about any of this stuff, the floor is open, stand up and come on down and get the mic. Anybody who has any form of testimony, and I don't have on my shoes today. Right before I got, he said, take off your shoes.
1: So, come right on down. Good morning. It's real brief. Yesterday, I had to catch a ride, you know, Uber, lift, to Lucretia's house to go help decorate, and I got in the car with this gentleman named Alfred, and I'm 68 years old. I've caught taxis, Ubers, lifts, Marta, everything. This gentleman greeted me when I went up to his vehicle. And he started prophesying what my name means, the spelling of my name. And he gave me five words from God. And I was just like, wow. I mean... He ministered. He was prophesying. (laughs) It was unbelievable. And he showed up because I invited him to the ark. And he showed up this morning. And his name is Alfred. He's our visitor. I've never experienced. He said things to me that I had just spoken with Yvette about the day before. Things I've been going through and how I've gone through them. And going through them. No longer staying in stuff. Whatever he puts on me, I'm going through it. And I'm just so filled up. And I really can't say anymore because I've never experienced nothing like that in my life. And he said he does it all the time. He showed me a picture of clouds. And he said, see, there's that same bus, Agape Tours. I said, I know about that Agape love. I know about it. God is good, guys. That's all I got to say.
0: Amen.
1: Amen. Amen.
0: Anybody else with a testimony? Amen.
2: Hello. As everybody knows, I'm a nurse. And um, so I worked for a company, OBGYN, which deals with women, birth control, having babies. So the role that I had, I took walk-in patients and uh, helped women. When they had a possibility of pregnancy, I would be the one to send them to the lab, get their urine, get it to the lab, then get them the results. So something unusual happened one time. I would do that. The women, I would say to them, do you want to continue with the pregnancy, which was my way of saying, do you want to abort or are you going to carry the pregnancy? That was a way I thought I was being politically correct. Nobody told me to say it that way. So this particular day I had a lady and she had a positive result. So I looked at her and I said, do you want to continue with the pregnancy? And she said, yes. But it wasn't like an enthusiastic yes. It was like, yeah. So our paths crossed again years later. Our son, and I think her son, played at the same park. So she came up to me, and I would see, seems like, millions of people a year. So she said, do you remember me? And I said, no. And she said, you asked me, after I had a pregnancy test, do I want to continue with the pregnancy? And I said, yeah, that's what I asked everybody. And she said, there's the baby that you asked me that about. And she was kind of upset with me. She was like, I couldn't believe that you asked me that. And I told her that's what I asked everybody. But she was married, had one child already. So we talked a little bit and then she invited us to her house. So that was interesting to me. I've worked OBGYN at a clinic before that with low-income women. And it was like Pastor said, they had lots of children, lots of children. Some of them would, in fact, go ahead and have the baby. Others would show up and they would abort several times within a few years. So it was always interesting to me because especially now they make birth control that will cease everything. And pass didn't talk about that. It's according to what you think that you want to do or how you want to handle it. But the best way is To not get involved, especially with people who you know will not be supportive. And I just see it, the poor little babies that they give birth to is substantial care. It is awful care that I think sometimes people should go in and take the children because mom is just continually having babies. But it's certainly not up to me. So this sermon just does give us the ability to just think about what we're doing, who we're with, and to make a decision before that because it really pains me when I have to see what happens to these poor babies once they're trying to grow up and no one cares about whether they live, die, learn, even get to school, or have food, so it's a huge decision, and all I'm saying is just try to make the best decision, don't just haphazardly do things because it affects the world, I'm sorry, but that's my take on it, thanks.
0: Amen. Any more testimony? She did mention I didn't talk about the pill. Actually, the abortion pill now is the majority of abortions—fifty-four percent. He make it easy. Okay, birth control. Yeah, that's the other part of it. He make it easy. He makes it, make it easy on both of those counts. He makes it easy.
3: Good morning. I came to Atlanta about 25 years ago. I was a factory worker in Ohio. Um, and I had a job that if you stay on the job, you've got a pension for the rest of your life once you retire. And you don't pay any health insurance. And it's a factory job, a union job. But I wasn't satisfied because in my household, you, always wanted, you were always taught to get an education go to school. So I left the factory. I came down here and enrolled in college and graduated about 20 years ago, but all the jobs I would get, I was making less money than I, I did in the factory and I accumulated all these student loans and stuff and I tried and tried and tried with this student loans debt. That was just seems insurmountable and some people have left the United States. Because of student loan debts and, you know, it wrecks their, uh, you know, the financial future. And there's the shame of, you know, low credit score because you have all this debt. And when I came to this church, I started, I mean, you're not supposed to tell because you, I'm not seeking a reward or acknowledgement. of, You know, but I, in my, we always went to church, but we never tithed. And so I started tithing once I came to this church years ago and there were times where i was about to lose my house or just had but i always would pay my tithe first i have to pay when i get my tithe i had to pay it first because i might not have no money to the next paycheck and even when i came i had oldest money i came across more money i had in my life i paid my tithe um because there was examples of the church of people that came into a lot of money and they paid their paid their tithe and things like that and then here recently after you know doing the right thing um in my mind, making the decision to trust God, that's where all blessings come from. I looked at my email, and it said that your student, it was like a lot of student loan debt. It was like, I hate to tell you how much. I'm still, even though it's gone, it's embarrassed. but my student loan debt was forgiven. And so that's like a testimony to me. And now I have to make sure that I have the same spirit because I have people that I gave them $5,000 and they didn't pay me back. So <laughs> now I got to forgive them, people that, you know, you know, you know, you know, people owe you money, you know, you'd be like, so that, it's like that story in the Bible where, you know, the king forgave you, so it's not up to me to, to forgive people because I've been forgiven a great debt. That's my testimony. Amen. Amen.
0: Any more testimonies, God, see, as you finish this? Now, see, all of this is not about the Subject that I dealt with. He just said, Open it for testimonies. Amen.
3: You know, God has been working on my heart for about two years now. About 20, 25 years ago, you know, I prayed for Mercedes Benz and God gave me two. Amen. And He's been working on my heart. And I said, I told my wife the other day, I said, when we get finished with this, I'm gonna get rid of his Mercedes Benz and get something that's not as expensive, so I have more money to give to other organizations that need it. So that's what God's been doing in my heart.
0: And as a deep testimony, yeah, he's gonna get rid of his Mercedes Benz and get something that's not as expensive, so he can have more money. To give. When God starts dealing with you, He takes you to a whole different level. And what you will find is once you start giving, He starts pouring back into you in ways that you just you just can't even imagine. It just can't. You got somebody else coming down for testimony?
4: Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that's within me. I'm just so grateful and thankful to have an opportunity to share a testimony because. When I came in, Pastor, you were sharing with us from Revelation chapter 12. And twelve just resonates with me, resonates discipline. And really, the most high really told me to get out of the church. And just and I left the church. And I haven't been really been inside four walls since COVID. And I met Miss Latanya yesterday, and the power of the Lord was in that ride. She invited me to the church and the fact that she invited me I couldn't say no you know but that's why I know the spirit of the Lord was there because it was an invitation and I'm just so grateful and thankful that I was in alignment for God to give me an invitation to come here Mm -hmm. because Revelation chapter 12 verse 11 says it like this that they won the victory by the blood of the lamb and the words of the testimony Mm -hmm. and you gave us an opportunity to give a testimony today Mm -hmm so with that being said that's another Mm -hmm. invitation Mm -hmm. and that invitation was one in which I could not say no to Mm -hmm. I just want to give God glory and honor for this moment because really I was the Christian who thought I could work my way into heaven so I really just gave it my all in thinking that I was doing what I was supposed to do but I got depart from your work of iniquity I never knew you so that's why I left the church Mm -hmm. and so the most High gave me a ministry though He gave me a ministry through Rideshare. And the Rideshare was where he told me, really I was driving, and this is a short testimony, but he told me to look up. And I looked up, I saw five clouds in alignment. And when I saw those five clouds, I really didn't know what I was looking at. So I was like, wow. So I had to sleep on it. And I had a dream that night, and in the dream I saw the words lesson learned. And that word, I never saw words before in my dream. so it caught my attention. So I got up that morning, I told my wife about it. She was like, well, the meaning will come. So, but that morning I was taking our daughter to school. And as I'm driving to school, the same still small voice that told me to look up the day before, told me to turn on gratitude. Now gratitude is like a frequency that I'm playing. Like how he's playing it, just the energy of of, of worship. It's the energy of worship. Mm -hmm. And so when I turned it on, we were behind this Lowe's truck that had building material on the back of the truck. And a big piece of sheet rock flipped off the back of the truck was about to smash into the windshield. But instead of smashing it into the windshield, my daughter now I witnessed a miracle because it flew over the car. Mm-hmm. And I was able to catch up with the driver, tell him to check his load. No one got hurt. But God showed me gratitude is a high frequency of protection. Mm-hmm. And I'm just saying from then until now, he gave me five words of wisdom. And I've just been sharing this. This is actually the 11th book of amazing people that gets in the car with me. And, and I want to say Miss Latanya was a blessing because when she told me about brothers of the world, I was like, wait a minute, I used to see them on, on, on the internet, so to say. Mm-hmm. And your media ministry is anointed. It is definitely anointed. And that's why I was thinking, like, I know God has a way of restoring. And I just want to say I'm grateful to be an opportunity to be of service. So I don't know what it is that I'm supposed to do. but I do know I've been obedient by being here right now. And so with that being said, I just give all glory and honor to God because I make my service available to the ministry that's going on right now.
2: Amen.
0: thank you, Alfred, so much for that. And that is a point that I hadn't realized. The dragon was defeated by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony, and not loving their life unto death. And I'm glad that you pointed that out because I didn't connect that. Some of you need to overcome the dragon by the word of your testimony. So he called today for testimonies so if you got a testimony the invitation is here for you to give it and it frees you and your testimony may free someone else any more testimonies
5: hi the other day I was leaving the bank and I was going to go out one way and some reason I looked up and I saw a car pull up and I saw a hand go out the window and I saw this person looked like they were giving money to somebody but I didn't see the person. I didn't see anyone. So I'm like, what should I do? I'm just curious. I'm just curious because they stuck out their hand and nobody was there. So I said, well, let me just go see. And I went and as I pull up was a man And four children and a woman sitting down on the ground. They were homeless. And I said, thank God. And I told them, what happened? If I hadn't saw that car pull off, I was just inquisitive. And they told me, I always ask when I do something for a person that's homeless, anybody, I always want to know their name, their people. I want to know their name. I want to know their name. Always, always want to know their name. And so he told me their name, and I always asked where they're from. And he told me they were from Michigan. I said, oh, oh well, pardon, I'm from Michigan. And he said, "Flint." I said, you got to be kidding me. you got to be kidding me. And I said, oh. And then we talked, and I said, I'm from Michigan and everything. And so we talked, and he started telling me his story and why they were homeless. Cause I always ask, you know, they're people. We got to know. We got to know. You sit by people in church, you don't know. You sit next to, you don't know nothing about them. You come, but anyway. So he told me. He said he was shot eight times. Eight times. Shot. Eight times. His woman and his four kids, and they were homeless and they needed a place. And I had just left. I don't give them some money, but when they anyway, but when they told me they were went, you know, I had to step up my game. And uh, so I gave them half of what I did. But the point I'm making, I told them to stay together no matter what. They weren't married, I said, stay. You got these babies. Stay. 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 We need you. They need you. Stay. Stay with them. No matter what. Stay with that lady. Stay with her. Stay with her. See, you've got to be the head. There's so many people lost. So many. we got to have people step up, men and women and children, step up. But the thing I wanted to make is you never know. These people got names. They got life. They can be somebody still. We don't know. And Pastor said last week, how do we know that the Savior wasn't in one of those millions of people that was born? And we know they were. We know there was a Savior. Some, we know. So when you see somebody homeless, no matter what, talk to them. Help them. if you, you know, you can't always stop at a corner and stuff, traffic, but just help people. But you just touched my heart and, fast. and I thank you.
6: Amen. Oh,
5: oh, one more thing. For all of those people who see me at the church taking pictures, I do have a picture if you want to see the family. Their name is Raisins from Flint, Michigan. I got a picture.
0: Amen. Anyone else? with the testimony amen it says I knew you before you entered your mother's womb any other testimonies amen well see Elijah I'm going to ask you to close this out a few minutes before one it's been a long service but it's been worth it if it saves a life it's worth it And we got one more
7: testimony? Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Um, I just want to give a brief testimony. This past Thanksgiving, my brother came to visit me and my family from Hawaii. And it was just an awesome experience because my brother, he does not believe in God. He He believes in the Spirit, which is kind of different but just after the love and kindness that he felt through us enriching his life he said it was one of the best experiences he had and didn't necessarily talk to him about god but i shared some principles and he said it was life-changing so i give god the glory and the praise for that you don't always have to say the word god or jesus to let our lights shine according to God's word, so I thank God for that.
6: Thank
7: you.
6: Praise God! Thank you so much for the wonderful testimonies. We just appreciate the, the grace of God at work in your lives, and thank you for sharing. That was good stuff. Give Pastor Nathaniel, a hand. we appreciate that message today. Oh, I took a lot of guts to preach that. I've been in church all my life, never heard that, taught anywhere. Nobody's had the guts to do it. (laughs) We just appreciate God for leading him and sharing on a sensitive subject, sensitive matter from the heart of God for his people. And so we just appreciate receiving that. And and we'll never know the far-reaching impact that that message may have in time to come not even just in this present time but in time to come we never know the impact that message will have we'll never forget that so we're just grateful to God for him sharing the heart of God his heart with us today praise God stand to your feet praise God amen let's pray Father thank you so much Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your grace to us. Thank you for your word, Lord. Thank you for your admonition. Thank you for these, your precious people. I ask you to bless them and do them good. Let them have a wonderful time today and a wonderful week. We Thank you for your special blessings upon us all. It's in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Let every heart say amen, amen. Amen. Amen.
1: You are listening to Brothersoftheword.com. This was part two of the series titled Innocent Sacrifice by Nathaniel Bronner. This message is number two zero two zero. That's two zero two zero. To listen to thousands of free messages or to send this message number two zero two zero to a friend, go to the
0: If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to IWantTogive.com. That's I want to give com
1: listen to brothers of the word dot com often because brother you need the word.